It's the Americhicks with Kim Munson, the most important story. Out here in Colorado, we had a sex education bill that was passed. It was signed by the governor and put into law. I just can't believe what is happening to uh, public education. The latest in politics and world affairs. We are now using policy that if you don't affirm something, that they use policy then to take away your businesses. And opinions and ideas that prepare you to tackle the day ahead. Kids are just being bombarded with darkness. It's the Americhicks, dissecting issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. You know, we need to get back to letting our kids be kids. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. Uh-oh, guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Leslie, guess what today is. It's hump day. Congratulations. Yes, it is hump day. Welcome to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. We are going to have some great conversations today. I'm thrilled to have in studio with me the famous Helen Raleigh, my good friend. You are the guest chick today. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Kim. You are all over the place. You are you write for the Federalist. Uh, you had something recently for Fox News. I, I mean, it is just exciting to watch your career here. Thank you. I don't forget the Wall Street Journal. Oh, the Wall Street Journal. That's right. Uh, yes. Uh, all the big ones. So it's great to have you here. Thank you. You grew up in China. Yes. And we are going to talk about, you did a very important piece regarding, uh, you know, this whole protest regarding extradition here in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. You say that there's some similarities to what happened in Tiananmen Square. That's correct. Um, just to give your audience a little refresh, um, Hong Kong legislatures uh, tried to push a extradition bill since April this year. And which, what does this bill do is uh, should this bill become law, it will allow China to demand Hong Kong surrender anyone mainland China considers a criminal. So this could include uh, uh, political activists, and pro-democracy uh, activists, and human rights activists. So that is why Hong Kong residents, and we're talking about residents across all walks of life, law lawyers, business people, even some legislators, as well as the majority of the young peoples have been protested for more than three months against this bill. And their, their protest hasn't gone nowhere. So some of the young people are frustrated. They turned a little bit into violence. Uh, but I want to emphasize their violence is different compared to our violence, okay, our definition of violence. So the young people on July 1st, which was the anniversary of Hong Kong's handover from the uh, U.K. to Beijing, um, the young people vandalized the legislate, legislature hall. Uh, they basically paint over, spring paint over anything related to mainland China. But guess what? They also paid for their own drinks. And in the legislature hall, they left the money because there's nobody there to collect the money. So they paid for their own drinks they, when they took things out of a vending machine. And they also make sure all the cultural artifacts were protected. Uh, but because their images of vandalized the you know, office and stuff. So China, which the state controlled media has been very quiet about, didn't show anything, broadcast anything about the Hong Kong peaceful protest. Now suddenly the coverage of this vandalized legislature is all over Chinese media. Mm-hmm. Basically, they want to present the protesters are violent, are rioters. Mm-hmm. And that reminds me of the coverage back in 1989 Initially, the coverage about the Tiananmen Square protest were fairly uh, objective. But once the government decided enough was enough, they're going to do, implement a martial law to send the tanks and troops to the square. 
that's what they did first to use the propaganda to portray the protests on Tiananmen Square were riot, were violent. There were image of a burned corpse on all across all Chinese media for days. Mm-hmm. So that's what reminded me that what what's happening in Hong Kong and how the government plan to deal with it. It may be another. Tiananmen Square, which is a scary thought. It's a very scary thought. And this is a piece that you've written in The uh, Federalist. Uh, You can find it there. The Hong Kong protest is Beijing's new Tiananmen Square. So we'll talk some more about that. I saw you just did something regarding Boris Johnson as well. Uh, So maybe we'll talk about that. And then, then also there's this beautiful charity that you and your husband are supporting called uh, Cuddle Cots. And so we'll talk about that also. So that'll be great. So let's jump in here though. It, um, well, and Helen, you have a you understand this big time. We're talking about it. Socialism ultimately is force. The questions on the table are freedom versus force, force versus freedom. It is never compassionate to take other people's rights, property, or freedom via force, whether or not it's with wep- weapons uh, policy or unpredictable and excessive taxation. And we continue to see a socialization of these key components of our economy that make our lives better. Transportation, education, energy, housing, water. We see that move more to the administrative state. And uh, I think the veil is off. We realize what's going on. I think people are waking up. That's one of the reasons why we do this show. And uh, so we're going to continue to talk about these big ideas and engage in this battle of ideas. And those that help me do that is thank you to producer Steve, Zach, Patty, Keith, and Charlie for all your great support, good work. And to you, all you listeners out there, thank you for listening. You each are valued you're treasured and you have a purpose and i greatly appreciate you and also wanted to make sure that i say thank you to the harris family you know we're doing vino and veritas the study of the federalist papers and once a month we also highlight the federalist papers on the show typically with ben martin and thank you to the harris family for for uh, making that happen we greatly appreciate that uh so today because we're going to be talking about china i thought well let's go to confucius uh, regarding uh, some of our, our inspirational quotes. So today, Confucius said, the will to win, the desire to succeed, the urge to reach your full potential, these are the keys that will unlock the door to personal excellence. I think that's pretty good, Helen. That is pretty good. But that, that's why my autobiography is called Confucius Never Said. He never said that socialism is good. <laughs> and you are the, the author of several books. One is Confucius Never Said. Another is The Broken Welcome Mat, which is a very important book regarding immigration here. Thank you. And, and you're an expert on that as well. And so last night was the presidential debate. Uh, I couldn't do it. I tried. I had it on, and I just couldn't. I couldn't get through it. Did you watch it, Helen? I watched part of it. Um, at the very beginning, you know, when we were playing a national anthem, you and I both put our hands over our hearts, and that's just something, you know, natural, right? Mm-hmm. As American, as a patriot American, that's what you should do. But did you know that last night at the uh, Democrat de- presidential debate, these are people who want, who all run to be the president of the United States to represent us. And Tim Ryan, the Democrat from Ohio, did not put his hand over his heart. How can you want to lead, uh, I, I wouldn't say lead a country, to represent a country. To run for the president. To run for the presidency and not like the country. You know? Yeah. Go figure. So, hey, Steve, did you watch it? You saw me strap on my headset. So I you know did. I was going to say something. <laughs> uh, to your point you're making right now, let's... Flashback nine years, a picture of uh, uh, the 
the crew standing on a on a flatbed trailer somewhere in the Midwest, and the national anthem was being played. And there's Barack Obama with his hands by his side or folded in front of him, and looking off stage, mm-hmm. you know, uh, while everyone else is standing there. So hey, this it's sad, but it's nothing new. Well, it is nothing new. And and in terms of last night, I only have two words. You know, they ask you to describe something in two words. Mm-hmm. Pompous arrogance. So did you watch the whole thing? No, no, not the whole. I wouldn't, I'm sorry. I just could not, <laughs> would not take the time. But in all the sound bites I've heard just being here this morning, uh, it takes your breath away. You know, one other thing about Barack Obama, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed this, and I've never said this before, but do you remember when, uh, sometimes when he would be like in a meeting and he would, you know, have his hand up near his head, you know, like, you know, like we all do, many times he had his middle finger up and all the other fingers down. Did you ever notice that? I've seen several pictures like that, and I don't think that was an accident. I think he got peeved. Uh, whatever was going on in that meeting, and he knew his picture was being taken. So this is how I send a message. That's that's what I think. Uh, Anyway, uh, so all these subtle messages. But you know what? If you don't love America, I don't think that you should be uh, the executive uh, of America. Don't write for the president. Like, who who do you represent? Who do you want to represent? If you can't even put your hand over your heart when national anthem is playing, and this whole demeaning of the national anthem since 4th of July is really upsetting. Well, it is very upsetting. And and I think people have lost sight of of what the national anthem is, what the flag stands for. I'd had a conversation recently with someone that um, I, I feel like his grandkids had, had been pushing him more towards the Colin Kaepernick um, attitude towards the flag. And he said, well, what does the flag mean to you? And I said, well, what the flag, one of the things it means to me is when I was in Normandy, with the group that took 40-day veterans there and two of the guys that had been uh, first wave Omaha. They had been uh, operating the landing craft and standing kind of behind them. And they said, do you remember the first day that the water was red? It wasn't until the third day the water was pink. And uh, I did several World War II recordings yesterday. And um, one of the things that we've, we've realized from the people in Normandy, France, is they understand that these young, these young men, uh, you know, left their homes, strapped on their boots, took their weapons, and they went to places they'd never dreamed of to protect people that they never knew right. and to free them from tyranny and evil. There's something pretty amazing about that. And if you're running for president, you should at least have the respect for that whole idea to put your hand over your heart and to... Uh, stand for the national anthem. It's just respect. We've lost respect. We've lost good manners, Helen. Right. And and also from an immigrant standpoint, I think the, the sight when I first saw American flag, I, I believe many immigrants share that. When you see an American flag, you feel comfort. You know you're safe. You, are, you, you see hope. You see dream. And it's just, it's, it's tremendous. It's a tremendous feeling. And so, yeah, for someone who runs for the pres- wants to run for the presidency of the United States and talking up about immigration and not it didn't even bother to put a hand over his chest of a national anthem was playing. I don't think this is just a respectful issue, Kim. I think this whole setup is really we're talking about socialism, this whole disrespect from national anthem to flag to demeaning oh America is really not that great. We're just okay, like New York Times said. This is all a culture set up to prepare us for socialism. 
Right. And that's why we um, fight in this uh, battle of ideas. Steve, you, what do you want to say? Well, Helen keeps going back to the flag and the proper way of respecting it. Another note from last night. Two debates now, two debate, debate sessions, since they always have to come in two different nights. But two of them now, not an American flag on the platform in sight. The only thing that was out there was the CNN banner. And that, that's being talked about on Facebook this morning. So there you go. I mean, it raises a question. However many there were debating, uh, do they have any say in that matter? Let's assume that they do. And they're all in agreement. We don't want the American flag. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah yes or no. I don't know if they have any control or not. But They should. Two you know of what? these sessions now, it's rather... Basically say I'm not going to debate unless uh, unless we are showing reverence to uh, the American flag. That's for sure. So we're going to go to break in just a minute. I didn't get to my funnies. Let's try this. Let's okay. Try this. Since it was the presidential debates last night, I found some presidential jokes by the presidents themselves. Bill Clinton said... Being president is like running a cemetery. You've got a lot of people under you and nobody's listening. (laughs) Jimmy Carter said, my esteem in this country has gone up substantially. It is very nice now when people wave at me, they use all of their fingers. And lastly, John Adams said, in my many years, I have come to the conclusion that one useless man is a shame, two is a law firm, and three or more is a Congress. (laughs) There you have it. So we're going to go to break here, but I tell you, the Dodgers, they are tough for the Rockies, and they beat us last night 9-4. to four. And the rubber match game is this afternoon at 1 o'clock, and then a three-game series with the San Francisco Giants starts on Friday night. And the Broncos' first preseason game with the Atlanta Falcons is tomorrow night. Can you believe that? Oh, no. my gosh. And the kids are going back to school. I can't. I don't know where all the time goes, but the place to be as we're winding up with summer is Hooters. And uh, enjoy (laughs) Hooters beach-worthy seafood items like amazing fish tacos, delicious snow crab legs, and mouth-watering buffalo shrimp. And they are good. And Hooters has plenty of ice-cold beer options to help you cool down this summer. And I love this. They have nine items for 9 bucks, 11 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. They have nine delicious menu items like fish and shrimp tacos, salads, cheeseburger, Philly cheesesteak, and, of course, those boneless wings. So that's for dine-in, but you can pick those wings up to go, or you can have them delivered right to your front door. And to get more information, go to HootersColorado.com. That's HootersColorado.com. And let them know that you know the AmeriChicks, and we'll be right back. All AmeriChick sponsors are an exclusive partnership with the AmeriChicks and are not affiliated or in partnership with KLZ or Crawford Broadcasting. If you would like to support the work of the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson and grow your business, contact Kim at AmeriChicks.com. That's AmeriChicks.com. Don't miss Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Join Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks at Water's Edge Winery in Centennial or Colorado Cork and Keg in Castle Rock. And now introducing Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins at Ginger and Baker. Kim Munson with the AmeriChicks would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Loveland for sponsoring the new Vino and Veritas in Fort Collins. In Denver and Castle Rock, Kim would like to thank Presidential Wealth Management Denver and YourTownTaxpayers.com for their generous support. Vino and Veritas, Wine and Truth, a study of the Federalist Papers. Sign up today at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson. Thrilled to have in studio with me my good friend Helen Raleigh. Uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of the pieces that you recently have done. One is the, the regarding Tiananmen Square, and then the other piece uh, regarding um, 
uh, Boris Johnson, who was just elected to as prime minister in Britain. Before we do that, though, uh, very pleased to have on the line with me Michael Fields. Michael, how are you doing? Good. How are you, Tim? Well, good. You have a, a really interesting piece that was in Complete Colorado recently. And Complete Colorado is just a great news source. They aggregate uh, news from all over the state. But you have written a piece regarding uh, the titles Legislators to Blame for Crumbling Roads, Not Our Taxpayers' Bill of Rights. And so, Michael, you are on the forefront of this battle. Uh, Tabor, Our Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, is under assault. And uh, many of the things they say is it's constricting the ability to raise money to fix our roads. What say you? Well, I say it's a lack of prioritization. Uh, The legislature has a lot of money. They have a $32.5 billion state budget. It's going up a billion dollars every year. um, And they seem to never get around to funding what is the number one priority for most Coloradans right now, uh, which is funding our fixing our roads. And so, you know, I wanted to to have this piece that I wrote in response to uh, one of the liberal uh, groups, Colorado Fiscal Institute, wrote uh, an article saying, uh, U.S. 36, you know, had that collapse, uh, blame Tabor. And I said, no, legislators are the ones, one, that have oversight on that. Uh, two, um, you know, they want to push this Taxpayer Bill of Rights uh, timeout where they want to take our refunds. We're not even sure that money would go to roads, even though they say so. So I think looking at history, and that's what I wanted to point out, looking at history and all the promises they've made about fixing our roads haven't come to fruition. Well, and what you're referencing there is it's been referred by the state legislature to the ballot this year. It's Proposition CC. And basically the question is, uh, can uh, bureaucrats, uh, politicians, and interested parties, can government uh, keep our tax refunds forever? And even if we decided that we wanted to say, hey, okay, you can have our tax refunds, I think there's something almost immoral that we're saying, hey, you can keep our kids' tax refunds as well. Uh, there's something that I think is really wrong with Proposition CC. What about, what do you think? Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. The, the fact that it's permanent. I mean, we did this one time before uh, Ref, Ref C back in 2005, but it was a five-year plan. And I think people feel more comfortable when um, tax increases are local, they are sunset, which is one's not, they're specific, which is one's not. So I think, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well for how it would go uh, across the state, except that they are in charge of the ballot language. And the ballot language says without raising taxes to better fund roads and schools within a balanced budget, can we keep this extra money? And so I think the key that I'm trying to do with, you know, different coalition members is get out there and talk about what this really means. This is permanently taking away your taper refund. It would be $1.3 billion over the next three years. Uh, government's big enough right now. They need to do a better job with the money they have. Well, that is for sure. And, Michael, you are the executive, executive director of Colorado Rising Action. And so you are working with other folks to try to um, bring light to these issues so that the everyday hardworking person out there can actually really understand, you know, what's going on out there. And you mentioned... On Proposition CC, I think that this is is um, a sleight of hand, if you will. To I, I think it's I think it's disingenuous to start that ballot language with uh, with saying without raising taxes, because in essence, if those refunds are due to people, and um, and people 
and, and the government keeps those refunds, that in essence is raising taxes. So I think right out of the chute, uh, it's very disingenuous with that particular language. Yeah, totally agree with you on that. If you take, keep, and spend more of our money, uh, it's a tax increase. If you ask any normal person, uh, they would consider this a tax increase. And so getting the word out of what it really means to people uh, is important. And and the history of REST money wasn't spent where they said uh, they, they were spent around the roads. Our roads are no better than they, than they were uh, back then. They're even worse. Uh, they raised our fees and faster fees, your car registration fees. Uh, where is that money going? They did a hospital provider fee uh, change a couple of years ago. They got $600 million. Where's that money going? Um, so these promises that they're making uh, is about as honest as that ballot language. Well, and, and one other thing, could you break down that hospital provider fee, uh, what happened on that? Because, again, I think that was a sleight of hand, and I think it was disingenuous. But I think it's, peop- it's important that people understand that. And, of course, the word fee, uh, I think also break that down yeah. on know what they've done on, uh, on language with Tabor. Yeah, so with the Texas Bill of Rights, um, you can have fees. And these fees would be like I would go to the park and pay $5, and that fee would go towards maintaining the park. Or an enterprise, uh, you know, which is like CU, uh, in the University of Colorado, that we don't want everything counting within state budget. Well, the hospital provider fee was actually a tax that they put on uh, hospital beds, and it was in the general fund. And they said, you know what, um, we keep hitting that paper cap and would have to refund money, and we don't want to do that. So we're just going to come up with, you know, $800 million that we're going to take outside of the general fund and just create this enterprise. And this has, is something that they're going to use moving forward. If you remember the family leave bill that ended up dying this year that will be back in future years, they just wanted to create an enterprise, raise a billion dollars in taxes, but because it's outside of the general fund, uh, the courts allow them to, to, to do that. And so it's a really dangerous part of it. And it's almost, we need to go back at some point and say, look, if there's going to be some kind of big fee over 50 or $100 billion, if people should vote on that. Uh, it's getting around the spirit of Tabor in order to do this. And so they basically just took uh, an extra six to $800 million outside of the budget, and, and you know, people voted for it, and, and voters didn't get a say in it. And so um, I think that's something we need to watch very closely. They're going to continue to do this to get around Tabor, especially when we tell them no on these tax refunds and on tax increases to our income tax. Well, and I really think that Coloradans have spoken uh, when we saw these two big uh, tax measures that went down this last November. And so people across the board say, you know, we, we want to be a lower uh, tax state. And I think that, Michael, that is one of the reasons why we've had good economic growth is because we've been able to, to kind of tap down on this uh, potential runaway government spending. Yeah, and, and you look at it, you listen to, you guys were talking about the debate, uh, Governor, former Governor Hickenlooper talks about how he was the number one economy and he credits himself with that. Uh, I'm laughing because he helped push for most of the six statewide tax increases that lost at the ballot. Um, you know, at least four of them he was in favor of. And what would our state be like if we had those $4 billion uh, tax increases? I think Tabor has been uh, enormously uh, successful in terms of, of keeping us prosperous. Um, because voters do get to weigh in, and legislators all want want more money, and voters say, you know what, if you uh, make a good case to us, maybe, but they haven't done that yet. And so I'm somebody who grew up in Illinois, and they raise taxes all the time, and if Chase businesses and people out of the state, they're in a, a dire circumstance financially. I don't want to see that happen here in Colorado, too. 
Well, and to that point, Governor Hickenlooper is trying to take credit for this uh, Colorado economy. But it's really, I think that it's because we've had both the Gallagher Amendment, which has has kept uh, property taxes in check, as well as the uh, uh, TABOR, the Taxpayers' Bill of Rights, which has, and and it's just about good manners. It says, hey, government, hey, bureaucrats and politicians and and elected officials, if you want to um, raise our, excuse me, raise our taxes, incur debt that we have to pay off, or if you want to keep our tax refunds, you just have to ask us. And, excuse me, that's what that's all about, Michael. And it's consent, and that's and that's what legislators should have to do, and it's been successful here. And so we keep having that conversation with people saying, you know what, this is a, a power that you want to keep, you you have now, um, and we shouldn't take it for granted. And they're coming after it. This is step one this year with Prop CC, uh, but they want to do full repeal uh, next year. And so we really have to defeat uh, this ballot issue in order to make sure that we stop their you know, march to trying to take away Tabor. Well, Michael Fields, uh, thank you so much for the uh, important work that you're doing, and you are the executive director of Colorado Rising Action. So thank you so much. And uh, people can find your piece at Complete Colorado, and then just click on the banner at the top, and that'll bring up all the original content. So thank you so much, Michael. Thanks for having me on, Kevin. And just a note on that, Natalie Minton is sponsoring, through Colorado Engaged, a Taxpayer Bill of Rights boot camp. It's on August 3rd at the Lakewood Library, which is at 10200 West 20th Avenue. It's from 11 to 2 p.m. with a 1030 check-in time, and the cost is $20. And you can sign up for the training at coloradoengaged.com. That's coloradoengaged.com. And uh, before we go to break, uh, Jason McBride, uh, Presidential Wealth Management, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing just fabulous, Kim. Good morning. Well, good morning. And... uh, uh, kind of an interesting day yesterday. Uh, Apple announced their earnings. What What do you think? Well, they announced them uh, <coughs> after the market closed. And you remember we talked about their earnings last quarter. And it's kind of the same thing this quarter, Kim. The earnings were better than expected, but they were still worse than last year. So uh, the the actual bottom line earnings were 218 a share, but that's versus mm-hmm. 234 in the same quarter last year. So it's a 7% drop in earnings. Uh, the, the revenues were only up about 1%. So to me, I, I would almost rather have a company uh, miss their earnings estimate by a little bit, but still be growing rapidly than to beat some imaginary number that a bunch of analysts came up with, uh, but still kind of be not growing. And if you remember, Kim, this was kind of the same thing last quarter when the earnings came out. Uh, everybody was talking about how the, the uh, iPhone sales were down. Oh, but the wearables were up, which is like the watches and other things like that. Uh, the stock was up pretty big on the day the, after the earnings came out. And then, then it started coming down, and I think we may see a similar pattern this time, Kim. It looks like it's going to be up 3 4% when the market opens, but uh, I'm not that impressed uh, with, with the earnings report. And if, again, they hadn't bought back uh, quite a bit of shares, it, it would have been even worse. The bottom line earnings would have been down about 12%. Interesting. It will be interesting to see how the market reacts to that. But, you know, I, I love talking about these big 
picture things. But Jason, what you and your colleagues at Presidential Wealth Management specialize in is helping people with their personal economies, and that's what's really important to folks. Well, we do, and uh, you know, Apple's fun to talk about because. It's a big stock. It's got a lot of weighting in a lot of the indexes, and everyone's always talking about it, Kim. Uh, but it might not affect you personally. Uh, but you're right. What's more important is what's happening with what do you own? Which uh, stocks do you own, and what does your overall retirement plan look like? Uh, are you going to have uh, enough to, to fulfill the dreams that you're hoping for? Uh, and if not, what steps can you take to rectify it? And sometimes, Kim, people have already crossed the finish line and just don't realize it. And coming in to do that is a, a very, very pleasant uh, type of exercise in that case. But you don't know where you are unless you plot it out on a map and kind of do a blueprint of your overall financial condition and that's one of the things i think that we're really really good at at presidential wealth so uh give us a call you can ask for me you can ask for john buckingham he was on last week did Mm -hmm. a good job right he did Uh, a great job another uh, fellow over there named lauren levy i work with now he's a great big huge giant he's about eight foot nine inches tall uh, he looks like he could probably drive you into the ground like a, a tent spike if you're not <laughs> careful. But uh, he's one of the nicest fellows you'd ever want to meet, so don't let the, the big appearance fool you. And he rents out as a bodyguard, too, if you don't need financial help. Okay, well, there you go. And the phone number over there is 303-694-1600, 303-694-1600. And then the, uh, the webpage is uh, chickspresidential.com, chickspresidential.com, all of your podcasts are there and a lot of great information so jason thank you so much we'll talk to you tomorrow have a great show kim thanks so much and when we come back a guest chick in studio is helen raleigh and uh, how did you ever learn to uh, become such a great writer how did that happen thank you kim it's all come from practice ah practice okay well let's go to break when we come back we'll talk about tiananmen square and also what you think about boris johnson and then this fabulous charity that you're working with cuddle cots we'll be right back Are you looking for news, not propaganda? Ready for a news source you can actually trust? How about a news site that doesn't want to sell you a subscription? Visit CompleteColorado.com to see all the latest news from around Colorado. Complete Colorado's staff scours news sources from around the state and nation to bring you only the top stories that affect you right here in our great state. Updated three times a day, CompleteColorado.com has full-time reporters doing original investigations and reporting like newspapers used to do as well as opinion and political commentary from a variety of Colorado voices. And CompleteColorado.com is the only place to read columnist Mike Rosen. Always fresh content, always free, always informed. CompleteColorado.com, your complete source for Colorado news. You want to succeed, so you need to dress for the job, event, or relationship that you seek. For over 30 years, entrepreneur, stylist, and Americhick Kim Munson has been helping women look their very best. And guys, Kim can help you with made-to-measure shirts that fit great and you'll love to wear. Guys and gals, if you want to up your game and freshen your look, email Kim at Americhicks.com for your initial style consult. Kim at Americhicks.com. Social media is important to the Americhicks since it's an avenue we can utilize to hear from and speak to all of our friends. For those of you who enjoy listening to the show, 
We'd love to hear what's on your radar. Follow us and talk to us at AmeriChicks Twitter and Facebook pages. Also, if you're a business owner who could benefit from some extra foot traffic from like-minded friends, consider advertising on the AmeriChicks radio show. Contact us at AmeriChicks.com or email Kim at AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And Helen, Raleigh, let's have a conversation about Hong Kong and China. Uh, This piece that you have in The Federalist, the Hong Kong protest is Beijing's new Tiananmen Square. Uh, You said that there's things that are looking eerily reminiscent of what happened. Uh, What was it? How many years ago was it? Well, it was in 1989, so it's about 30 years ago. 30 years ago. I remember that. And, of course, there was that riveting photo of this young man in front of these tanks. We don't know what happened to him. We don't know. Um, But uh, you grew up in China. One thing before we jump into this, we talked a little bit about immigration earlier. And uh, you can tell you have such a love for the American idea. And I remember in your story... Uh, of your life story, that uh, you were uh, a professor or someone had come to to your school or something. and An you, American professor, okay, yes. And had given you some chocolate. Yeah, it was a Hershey chocolate bar. Yeah, it was a... It was amazing um, because when I was growing up, um, everything was rationed, including sugar. Every household, uh, you get a very limited sugar. And normally, even you get the ration, like you get a ticket for sugar, um, but you do not necessarily have, uh, if the store doesn't have it, you don't, even with a ticket, you couldn't buy it. So sugar was hard to come by. And that chocolate just the Hershey bar just tasted very, very delicious. And I think that's what the problem you wanted to come to America. It was a Hershey bar. I know. You said, I want to go to the country where you can get that. Yeah, when I can have as much Hershey bars as I want. Of course, nowadays, I'm like, no, I, <laughs> I need to watch my figure. <laughs> but you can you can earn money and you, yes. can, and you can use your money to buy Hershey bars. You know, and, and socialism ultimately comes down to rationing, as you mentioned. I think one mm-hmm. other thing... Of your story, uh, your name was could also be a boy's name, right? Yes, actually, a very popular boy's name. And and boys, uh, when they when the government determined families could get rations, food, yeah. the rations, boys got more food than girls. So yes. your family was getting more. They put your name down, yeah. and they were getting more food right. because you had a boy's name. Yeah, and actually, it's really not that much more. But uh, you know, when you're starved, every little every little ounce actual food counts. So boys would normally receive for same age boy and the girls. Boys would normally receive about four pound more rice each month than girl. Okay, than a girl. Yeah. And when the authorities found out, what happened? Well, they forced our family to pay the back. They did not admit that they made a mistake. They they thought we are the one who's cheating, and you know, so they made us to pay the back. And so you got less food for a while. Yes, yes. Well, it's good to have you here in America. And I think that's one of the reasons why you've become such an important voice. Uh, because you write for The Federalist. You uh, have pieces in The Wall Street Journal. Saw something recently on in, in Fox, uh, Fox News. And so it's really, it's just amazing okay. uh, to watch your career here. But let's, uh, let's talk a little bit more. What else shall we talk about regarding this Hong Kong protest in Beijing and Tian- Tiananmen Square? 
Well, I think we Americans,、uh, we should pay attention to what's going on in Hong Kong,、uh, because、uh, you know, from both economic standpoint, because we have investment there, and we have thousands and thousands of Americans lived in Hong Kong, and also Hong Kong is a gateway to China. It's、uh, you know, our military boats, you know, stop by there for visit, collect informations, and but the most important thing is. We have a moral obligation to care for Hong Kong because America is this a beacon of hope, beacon of a.、Uh, we stand for freedom, liberty, and、uh, the pursuit of happiness, and that's what the Hong Kong people are trying to do right now. So America is the leader of the free world. We should not stay away from it, and also we have a legal obligation. There is a 1992 uh, U.S. Hong Kong Policy Act, which allows the United States to treat Hong Kong as this. Uh, not as independent sovereign, but、uh, something separate from China, from the mainland China. So we have separate tax agreement, tax treaty with Hong Kong that's different. We also have a criminal extradition with Hong Kong that we we did not have, we do not have、so、even till today with the mainland China because Hong Kong follow a British legal system. So we feel comfortable that it will apply for the rule of law, the due process. So all this would change if the. People's、um, if Hong Kong became just another authoritarian, you know, city,、mm-hmm. you know, of China. So we have both we have economic,、uh, military, and legal as well as moral obligations to care about what's going in Hong Kong and really do something about it. Well, Hong Kong has really been a, a gem,、um, yes. a, a very successful because I think again. Uh, Uh, free markets, capitalism,、mm-hmm. all of those kinds of things. Set this up, though, so people understand what happened.、Uh, why did the? Why are we to this point with Hong Kong? Well, what we're to this point in Hong Kong is because、um, uh, Great Britain gave Hong Kong back to China in 1997, under、um, the、uh, agreement that China will keep Hong Kong autonomy for. Fifty years, which the autonomy means that economic Hong Kong will be able to keep its economic system, but most importantly, legal independent legal system as well as、um, you know political system, which is, means like free speech, you know, f-、mm. freedom of expression. And but since China took over Hong Kong in the last thirty、uh, twenty、uh, years, the, there's a gradual erosion of both Hong Kong people's. Uh, economic freedom as well as political freedom.、Uh, we saw、um, Chinese China send the plain clothes、uh, police to go arrest booksellers or uh, and uh, tycoons in in Hong Kong, which is a erosion of their legal independence. And also, Hong Kong authorities under pressure from Beijing、uh, deny visas to foreign journalists and uh, also. Um, Young people who led the previous umbrella pro-democracy movement were thrown into the jail. None of these things would have happened without the pressure from Beijing. So we already seen a change of Hong Kong. Hong Kong used to be the freest city. You know, if you look at the Heritage、uh, Heritage Foundation's Freedom Index, Hong Kong for more than twenty years always ranked number one. It's the freest city in terms of economic and as well as a, a political freedom. That is why Dr. Milton Friedman used Hong Kong as a shining example for capitalism. Again, it's coming back to you. This is why we should care as Americans. We we love freedom. We support capitalism. We should not let this、uh, shining example fail in front of our eye.
Okay, and so so what has happened then is there, there's a bill out there. It's the extradition bill, and that's in Hong Kong. Is that right? Yes. So this extradition bill will basically allow Hong Kong to, uh, authorities to surrender anyone China demands to send them to to mainland China to face the uh, Chinese judicial system, which we know does not imply uh, you necessarily rely on due process, mm-hmm. the rule of law. So it's uh, many times it can be based on trumped up charges, especially against uh, political opponents. opponents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so there's this law out there. And the uh, so is there a president for Hong Kong or who's no? So Hong Kong has a chief executive right now. Her name is uh, Carrie Lam. Uh, she was appointed by Beijing in. in in many sense, because Hong Kong does not have universal suffrage. So they have an election body made up by 1,200 people. Um, A very small percent of them are elected by Hong Kong people, um, but the majority of them are basically appointed by Beijing. They're pro-Beijing. And so this is the body who elect quote-unquote, elected Carrie Lim. Okay. So there's really, it's not an election. It does, she, Hong Kong has 7 million, 7. million uh, 7.4 million people. And it's this 1,200 uh, uh, election body elected, you know, Carrie Lim. Uh-huh. So she does not represent the 7 million people. And she is, so she, they have presented this extradition bill. Right. Has Have they voted on that or? Well, so they were trying to, she was trying to shuffle this through down the legislature. They had a debates on it, but that's when, this is was back in April. That's when people started to protesting. And so right now she claimed the bill is dead, but she was really playing with the words. If you look at the, many people point out, you look at her statement in English versus her statement in Chinese, there are different words, which, which means the bill is really not dead. What the uh, protester want is completely withdraw the bill. So the bill will never come back. But what she was basically is put the bill in the dormant situation. Mm-hmm. So anytime when the situation is ripe, she can easily, or somebody else can easily bring the bill back. That is why the protests continue going on. One of the reasons protests continue going on is people want a complete withdrawal of the bill, and people want her resignation, and none of that has happened yet. So what do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I mean, the Chinese government already said, because um, they are Chinese uh, People's, People's Liberation Army stationed in Hong Kong, Hong Kong. And now uh, they're showing the Chinese media showing the image of the so-called violence mm-hmm. in Hong Kong. So, and also Hong, uh, the military officer, the head of the military officer in Hong Kong already said, you know, if it's necessary, they will send the military. So that's why, you know, I'm talking about the similarity between what's happening in Hong Kong now versus what happened in Beijing 30 years ago. I think all directions point to there, but of course, China... Hong Kong is not Beijing. You know, Hong Kong is a very international city. So uh, seeing tanks rolling down the street of Hong Kong is going to have a lot more political impact than seeing the uh, tanks roll down the Beijing. Well, it's uh, it's important that we keep an eye on this. And uh, I think we need to pray for the people of Hong Kong. Uh, They clearly want freedom. Is there any chance that Hong Kong could be sovereign themselves? Is that a possibility ever? I don't think so. Um, not, Not legally and... Yeah, that's going to be a very difficult. There's, that's never going to happen. Okay. So, but stand for freedom for Hong Kong is really important. So let's go to break. When we come back, let's talk about this other piece that you have in The Federalist uh, regarding the Game of Thrones. Now, you know I never watched that, but I, I think the title is very intriguing. It says, in week one, Boris Johnson turns his pursuit of Brexit into Game of Thrones. So we'll be right back with Helen Raleigh. 
Award-winning realtor Karen Levine has 30 years of experience with REMAX Alliance. As a director with the National Association of Realtors, Karen Levine works to protect private property rights. Karen Levine believes in homeownership. Because of Karen's love of dogs, Karen volunteers with GUR, Golden Retriever Rescue of the Rockies, helping Golden Retrievers find their forever homes. Choose Karen Levine to buy or sell your home because she understands that it's more than just a house. Karen Levine comes highly recommended by the Americhicks with Kim Munson. Call award-winning realtor Karen Levine with REMAX Alliance today at 303-877-7516. That's 303-877-7516. Come join the 88 Drive-In for all your favorite blockbuster movies. We're open seven days a week. Admission is only $9 per person, and children under 12 are free. Friday, July 26th through Thursday, August 1st, features will include The Lion King, Toy Story 4, and Spider-Man Far From Home. And remember our popular Monday through Thursday pizza special. Get one 12-inch pizza served fresh and hot from our oven and two tall, cool 16-ounce sodas, all for only 12 bucks. Plus, now you can top it all off with our new sweet, crunchy churros and a steamy cup of hot chocolate. For more information, go to our Facebook page or visit our website at 88drivein.net. You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. You'd like to get in touch with one of Kim Munson's sponsors, but you can't recall their phone number. Find a full list of advertising partners on AmeriChicks.com. Hey, welcome back to the AmeriChicks with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left, agree or disagree. Let's have a conversation. And um, just wanted to let you know, we just heard the spot for 88 Drive-In Theater. And on Friday, August 16th, I'm going to be out working in the snack bar. And Patty is going to come and work in the snack bar. What, what about you, Steve? Are you going to join us? Yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go and uh, see who else is left. Let's get your whole team out there. <laughs> well, we'll go to work on it. But three out of uh, six is uh, pretty good. So... Anyway, we'll uh, we'll for sure be out there at 88 Drive-In Theater on Friday, August 16th, and we can put butter on your popcorn or whatever it is you want. So we're excited Hershey about bars? that. Hershey bars? Hershey bars. Yeah. We can, we'll, if you come out, I'll buy one for you. How's that? Okay. <laughs> Thank you, Kim. I'll take your word for it. Okay. Helen Raleigh, uh, you, uh, you really are, you love the American idea and you are living the American dream. You, you came here, you went to school. Uh, you're a successful entrepreneur and a beautiful writer. And uh, your pieces in The Federalist, uh, you really can delve into these issues. You uh, had a piece recently for Fox News or were on Fox News as well as Wall Street Journal. So it's pretty impressive. But let's talk about this piece that's uh, your most recent piece in The Federalist Papers or in The Federalist, excuse me. In week one, you said Boris Johnson turns his pursuit of Brexit into Game of Thrones. They think it was a massacre. What happened? Well, so <laughs> I think we're not paying enough attention to what's going on in UK because what's happening in the United States, but we should have because UK is one of our strong, strongest allies. We share many uh, similar cultural heritage and everything. So Boris Johnson is making the UK politics great again, entertaining <laughs> again. Kim, you have to go watch his um, this YouTube video about him uh, condemning uh, the Labour Party leaders, uh, Jeremy, Col- uh, Jeremy Corbyn, uh, uh, talk about socialism, condemning about socialism, about the health care, about the, you know, Brexit. It just, um, it's just amazing. It's, it's, it's very, very entertaining. Okay. You, you, you got to watch it. it. And so for the first week, so Boris Johnson Last week, uh, in the middle of the week, so it wasn't in the full week. He swore in as the 
uh, Tory party, the Conservative Party leader, as well as the Prime Minister of uh, UK. And within the first hour, after he, just after he met the Queen, he had his first cabinet meeting. Within the first hour, he sacked eleven. He said eleven um, cabinet members from. Uh, A holdover from the Theresa May's cabinet, and nine out of eleven were people who supported his opponent, Jeremy Jeremy Hunt, who was another Tory members who ran against Johnson for the、uh, PM job. So he sacked eleven out of a.、Uh, uh, he sacked eleven of them, and then and then additional six of them resigned. <laughs> under pressure, yeah. So it was called the summer massacre、uh, in UK. This was like never happened in their history before. And some, so some UK media gave him the nickname the Godfather. So he's paying <laughs> a re- political retribution for him. And so that's one thing he did with um、uh, he reorganized his cabinet.、Uh, but then what we do、uh, do not talk about often is also he put the. A Brexit team back together. So he appointed、uh, Dominic、uh, Cumming, who was this uh, uh, strategist, political, a very famous political strategist, who helped Johnson led the Brexit. Uh, vote in back in 2016, the、okay. successful Brexit vote next、uh, 2016. So Don, he appointed Dominic as a Johnson appointed Dominic as the most senior advisor, and he also appointed a friend of me,、uh, Michael Gove. Michael Gove also played. This is all like the Beatles reunion. <laughs> so <laughs> you see, John, Paul, everybody's got back together. <laughs> so Michael Gove also was a prominent、uh, leader back in 2016 of the、uh, Vote Leave movement. And but、uh, Michael Gove, after after the Vote Leave movement, wonders. A vote, basically, slight majority say we're gonna leave, you know, EU back in 2016, and Johnson was widely expected he's gonna run for the、uh, prime minister role back then, but Michael Grove stabbed him in the back. He announced that he's gonna run himself.、Oh. So yeah, so basically, so it was very dramatic right before the Johnson's announcement. Michael Grove said he's gonna run. So Johnson, for some reason, withdrew his, uh, uh you know. His own self nomination, and so the whole job, the PM job, ended up falling into the lap of Theresa May,、mm-hmm. who was a a remainder.、Mm-hmm. She actually supported remainder. She's not a Brexit, so that's kind of a delayed the actual Brexit for the next three years. Well, she dragged her feet. Yeah, just kind of trying to push it down because she didn't, as you mentioned, they wanted to remain with、uh, the EU. She wanted to please everyone, right? So she said Brexit is Brexit, but she didn't really deliver. So she. She came up with a, a agreement with the EU that everybody in UK hate. Doesn't matter which side political uh, side uh, political stream ideology they are. Everybody hates her deal, which eventually caused caused her her job, the prime ministership. So so Boris Johnson now basically put this team back in and want to. He's sending a strong message to EU, basically saying, "Hey, you know, we're gonna deliver this, and if you're not gonna work with us to come up with a new deal." We just gonna exit by October thirty first. So it's very entertaining. We should pay more attention to what's going on in the UK. Well, and uh, you know, uh, back in two thousand sixteen, there was Brexit, and of course, Donald Trump was elected. And I find a lot of hope in this that people want to have sovereign nations. And、uh, so I find, the, and it's entertaining. I didn't realize. How entertaining it was across the pond because it's been pretty darn entertaining right here. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, hey, we only have a few more minutes.、Uh, is there anything else you want to say about Boris Johnson before we move on to the next subject? 
Well, I sh- I think we should pay more attention to what's going on and how he's going to complete this uh, because Brexit will have important economic impact as well as a political impact. Because if they can do this successfully, I I can I can see more countries in EU members will you know unhappy with EU bureaucracy will. You know, basically vote with their feet. So I think we should pay more attention to what's going on there. And so that new world order actually is uh, not as strong as what uh, many of the globalists would say they think that it is. So no, it's not. I think people suddenly realize they want to have a way to hold their representative accountable. What a novel idea! Huh? <laughs> so, hey, let's uh, let's change gears just a little bit. You and your husband are supporting a a really beautiful charity. It's called Cuddle Cots. And uh, would you tell our listeners a little bit about that, Helen? Right. Actually, the charity group is called Walk With Me. Okay. Um, what we're doing is uh, we're we're working with them to donate the cuddle cards. So basically, um, you know, we lost our son last year, and we didn't have the gift of time to spend time with them because, um, you know, uh, if if the body are not kept refrigerated, mm-hmm. they they deter- the nature take care took care of the cost very you know, very dramatically. Um, so I never heard about the uh, cattle cards until I, I started to talk to this charitable group called Walk With Me uh, because this year in May we did a charitable walk with my honor our son and also re- we were able to raise a bunch of money thanks to all the friends, including mm-hmm. you, friends and families helped us with it. And so we're thinking, well, what's the, you know, how do we, what's the best way to use this money? And uh, so they mentioned about cattle cards. What the cattle cards is, it's a refrigerated system um, it comes with a bassinet by itself, but it also can connect it to any bassinet uh, in the hospital. And it has this cooling pad. It's a cooling system. It has a cooling pad. What you can do is you can insert the cooling pad underneath the bassinet. So keep the baby's body cool. Mm-hmm. And so we'll allow the uh, uh, baby's to, uh, parents and family to spend more time with their baby mm-hmm. and still keep their baby's body in a re- mm-hmm. good condition for several days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this way you'll give the family the gift of time to allow them to create memories they can take pictures uh the parents can you know bathe in their baby change their clothes do all the things they always wanted to do because those few days will be the only time they get to spend with their baby on this mm-hmm. earth and in, in the future in many dark days dark nights and they're gonna need the photos mm-hmm. the, memories the memories to keep them alive <clears throat> well it really is a uh, a, a beautiful charity and uh, there is uh, much more fetal death in America than we realize. And I think that uh, one of the things is, is because uh, many people don't don't talk about that because there is uh, so much pain and there is so much grief. And so this beautiful charity, it's Walk With Me, mm-hmm. and these cuddle cots allows families to, to go through that, that grieving process and, as you mentioned, to... Uh, create memories, um, and it's just—it's really a, a, a beautiful thing. I think that it probably helps. I, I don't know if healing's the right word. It because, is the right word. Okay, it, it is a healing. The wound never go away, but it is a healing process. You, it helps the family uh, create a memory so they learn how to live with it. And uh, so now, t- talk to me a little bit more about Walk with Me. Uh, what this particular charity does. 
Oh, this is a local charity. It was founded by our parents who lost their, their son also. Um, they actually discovered that when their son s still in their utero, when they're still pregnant, that he would not be able to live for very long. And they were advised to abort the baby, but they choose not to. So they, the baby was born, and actually his name's Logan. He was able to live for a couple of days, which surprised all the doctors, the medical mm-hmm. professionals. And so this couple decided to start this organization to help with other families who experience pregnancy and infant. loss. And you're absolutely right. Um, For example, in stillbirths alone in the United States, 24,000 babies die of stillbirths alone. We're talking about these are fully developed babies. And so, you know, these 24,000 are too many. We need to bring more attention to what are the different things we can do to help minimize or even reduce prevent a stillbirth rate in this country. We need to break the cultural stigma to talk about it and also to help families who uh, experience a loss to learn how to grieve about it. And we don't do a good job as a society so far. So I'm very lucky to have strong support from families and friends like you. Uh, but not everybody has that kind of network. So uh, we are also hoping that by doing this charitable work to bring more attention to some really, truly tragic side of our lives. And so it really helps people with, there's a, there's a big hole yes. in people's hearts when you talk about 24,000 stillbirths here in, this, in our country. And uh, so this Walk With Me, what a beautiful charity. And uh, Helen Raleigh, thank you so much. People can find all of your... Um, publications at Helen Raleigh Speaks, right? HelenRaleighSpeaks.com. They can also follow me on Twitter at H. Raleigh Speaks. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being in studio as a guest chick. Greatly appreciate it. So much fun. Thank you. Okay. And our quote for today is Confucius. He says, by three methods, we may learn wisdom. First, by reflection, which is noblest. Second, by imitation, uh, imitation, which is easiest. And third, by experience, which is the bitterest. And so today, read great books, think good thoughts, listen to beautiful music, communicate and listen well, live honestly and authentically, strive for high ideals, and like Superman, stand for truth, justice, and the American way. This is Kim Munson signing off. God bless you, and God bless America.